I'm Steve Edison. This is the Movements Podcast. Podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today we're talking to Nathan Shank about how you help existing churches come on board with church planning movements. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Very rarely will you get pushback or uh, static disagreement from a from a church or ministry leader uh, f- with the idea of mobilizing them to go connect and share. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's usually a pretty safe introduction for people. Now, what that means is, if we feel that the church is very traditional, we'll enter. We'll discuss and introduce field number one and two. And then uh, trust that the fruit of those efforts will actually create a tension that, that leads him toward, okay, what do we do next? Now we've got new believers, uh, and the, the emerging evangelists or you know, healthy disciples that are starting to go out and evangelize within his church or ministry will come back to him and start to ask the question, what do we do next? And, of course, now you're into the baptism conversation. You're into uh, the, uh, the idea of empowering people to also follow up with discipleship. Mm-hmm. And, Lord willing, the fruit actually uh, pushes the gatekeeper, the ministry leader, be a pastor or whatever that is, to uh, consider some different methods on, when it comes to discipleship simply because his calendar can't keep up. Mm. If you can mobilize 100% of his congregation or ministry lay people uh, to sowing the seed, they will inevitably come back to him with, okay, we're winning people to faith. What's the next step? And then it's time to introduce discipleship. So I think sometimes, and we have always talked, Steve, about mm. presenting the the whole vision leading to church, but there's sometimes when you want to take a step at a time, depending on uh, where that uh, that leader might be, what that leader may be prepared to hear. Mm. And so, if you're going to take a, a sequential type of step by step forward, you really need to uh, maintain also a campaign to challenge and redefine success, because as we have. Uh, discussed on the side so many times, um, in most cases, our unexamined vision of success is bigger is better. And so typically in a traditional model, even when you mobilize seed sowers, the answer of what next, the the default answer is going to be bring them in. Hmm. Let's grow this church or we will grow our ministry. Uh, And Along the way, you're going to have to hit some bumps in the in the vision and the heart of that leader, that what I've referred to as a gatekeeper, to try to to examine uh, and redefine what is success. Can we? Is it possible to move from a bring them in addition model mm-hmm. to a the next step in mobilizing these lay people is also not just evangelism, but to equip them to make disciples. And suddenly your paradigm swings and you're shifting into a multiplication type potential. So, but all of that, sometimes that can happen through initial vision casting and someone, that gatekeeper is is caught by the vision. Maybe they're already a place of tension in their heart where mm. they know things have to change. 
or perhaps you just move part by part, field by field, entry, evangelism, and then allow the fruit of that evangelism to create attention, leading you to, to discipleship and the need to mobilize disciple makers. We have always talked about you cast vision and it will lead you to fruit. Mm-hmm. What we're suggesting here is that there are some ministry leaders, pastors or gatekeepers who are not ready for that vision, in which case you're going to have to work it backwards. Yeah. And empowering lay people to share the gospel will equal fruit and the fruit will lead them to vision. Okay. Yeah. Of the what's needed for the next step. I, I think you can work that plan both either way. Yeah. And and some leaders are just saying, Look, we we just wanna reach people who are far from God. And you go yeah. with that. Um That's right. Mm. So for example, in our in our ministry uh uh, in the early years, just very much, uh, uh, you know, uh, we were always in the box. You do this, then you do this, mm-hmm. and you do this, and it has to be this way. And I think we've become much more flexible over the years, even uh, with potential partners who ask for training. Used to be if they didn't if they didn't buy into this vision, this mm-hmm. vision, this aspect of vision, we were going to keep moving. We wouldn't yeah. give them time. We'd go on down the road, but. Uh, I remember campaigning and and trying to convince ministries that every believer can baptize. I still believe that to this day. Mm-hmm. That's the Great Commission. But sometimes we would we would uh, at nauseum spend mm-hmm. days can't, showing them that truth in Scripture. Maybe even we would they would be convinced. And yet, after all of that Bible study, we'd look around and there was no one to baptize. Mm. Mm-hmm. meaning there was nobody waiting for baptism. So we won the argument. We convinced them from Scripture, but they still weren't moving anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's still, you know, so we answered a question uh, with the Scripture that honestly they they had no really need for the answer because no one was coming to faith. Yeah. So there's times when uh, you work it from both directions. That's what I mean to say. Steve, you remember so often as you profile leaders in movement, you come to there's always this similar starting point where there was a certain tension, a certain dissatisfaction, a certain realization that something had to change. You know, Mm. we've celebrated that with guys like Kumar or Leapak. Vision is a tool that the movement coach would use to create that tension. You cast vision for lostness or the God's glory, and it creates a tension in your audience. And, and, and in some, it actually spurs them to movement and fruit as a result. Now, what we just said, and to summarize what we just said, there's times when fruit also, new fruit, mm. is a tool you can leverage to create tension yeah. in their heart. Mm. In other words, there's a there's a... Uh, a, a large crowd of new believers, we have to ask the question, if if believers are multiplying, we need to multiply baptizers. How are we going to multiply disciple makers? And so fruit also can create tension that leads to vision. Suddenly they're redefining who can and who can't make disciples. They're catching a new vision for what every layperson can do. Yeah. So uh, whether you work that plan front, forward or backward, 
fruit and vision, uh, two tools you can use as a movement coach to leverage yeah. and, and get people unstuck. Well, I'm making a bit of a connection with, with Jesus' training of the 12. Um, you know, the Gospels don't start with the Great Commission. Uh, they start with Jesus uh, issuing the challenge, come and follow, follow me, and then the promise, and I'll teach you to, you know, to fish for people, teach you to catch, yeah. catch people. And right. it was very much hands-on. They're, they're seeing lives transformed in their own backyard. And then not just when he gets to the Great Commission, even before then he starts dropping the seeds of a worldwide vision, mm. or at least a nationwide vision and then a worldwide vision. Um, and it, it took them a while and, and the experience of the, you know, his death and resurrection and Pentecost to really see it. And yeah. it, even Peter, Peter's still trying to get it in, in, um, uh, in Acts, Acts chapter 10. Uh, it, you know, now, now I see, he says, in Cornelius' house. So, you know, it, it might be a journey. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. There's no one who arrives uh, yeah. and then works backwards. We, we're, all, we're all moving forward, mm. yeah. Okay, so um, that's, that's helpful. It's the starting place you discern, you know, how ready is this person? And part of that is spiritual discernment because... I know I come across leaders and there's been a whole prehistory where God has prepared them. And mm. in the space of just 40 minutes or so, you just share some principles or a bit about, you know, your four fields um, concept and their eyes start popping primarily because God's had them on a journey and it just resonates with what he's already been doing. And then there'll be others that, that are earlier in that journey. Anything else? Right. Yeah. Anything else that you've learned about helping existing ministries, existing leaders um, transition and and really grab yeah. a, a CPM paradigm? Well, and and I would uh, add to that same line of thinking. I, if we have two potential audiences for training, again, the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm which is the decision maker, leader of that ministry and the lay people. We have always said, and it's kind of become a, an axiom for us, something that we can count on. The fruit is in the lay people. Mm-hmm. The fruit is in the lay people. That's our real target for mobilization. And yet you cannot just, you don't run past the leader and train mm-hmm. You don't run past the shepherd and train their sheep. You have to also bring the gatekeeper along in this vision we're talking about, creating and challenging them with tension in their hearts and brutal facts. But interestingly, Steve, as in our experience, sadly, in a way, uh, even when we show from Scripture the the paradigms of Jesus or Paul, the potential of the of the king, of a kingdom movement. It's, it's sadly not the scripture that convinces most gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. It should be, but in a lot of cases, it's not. Interestingly, in, in most cases, it's, it's when the gatekeeper, the leader of the ministry, sees fruit in the lay people that, you, that mm-hmm. you've been training. It's the fruit that convinces the gatekeeper. Mm. And uh, in other words, maybe they've become 
intellectually they're convinced of what you, they see in Scripture, but knowledge doesn't create movement. Uh, it's not in, in most cases until they see the lay people that the reality is in the past they really hadn't expected those people to bear fruit. But once they see that, it's like the, the Scripture, the things maybe even they become convinced of in the Gospels or in Acts, Jesus or Paul. They become alive and they somehow the, the, the connection of man, what as it was for Paul and of course the Lord Jesus, so the Holy Spirit does these things today. And when that when those two things sync up, that the Lord will use their lay people, they can become convinced and they can really take ownership in their heart. So you have to train both audiences together. Your target for training is the lay people because that's where the fruit is, but the gatekeeper also has to come along and vision. And and yeah. I'm I'm guessing if you don't do that and you run ahead of the gatekeepers, fruit starts um, coming from amongst the lay people. Now you're set. You're, you're in danger of a polarity where. The gatekeepers yes. dig their heels in because now this is a threat. They haven't been part of the process. This is a threat to their authority. And then the lay people get the pushback. Um, and, 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 and now, um, you've, you're in danger of, um, I guess, you know, either splitting a church or, uh, nullifying the new thing. Um, so, Part of the, the, the training, you know, the gatekeepers being in, in on the training is that, that because they're in on it, they're more likely to own it, to understand it, and you've, you've sort of respected the position they have in the body of Christ and you've taken them with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that's right, and that's why I said a few minutes ago, as you're training the lay people, You've got to be on the side redefining success in the heart of that gatekeeper, that ministry head, because at some point he's going to need to start sending. Mm. And that's going to require you've the clock is ticking, you know, mm. the from the first training as they start to go out and share. Mm. If God's intention is a movement, you've the you've got you're on the clock to redefine success. So when the time comes, that gatekeeper is ready to give it his blessing and commission his his emerging leaders or the lay people to go out and multiply. Uh, okay, you can't I, waste time. You've got to you've got to coach that gatekeeper along the way to redefine success. So two things are happening. Uh, one is you you're beginning to see fruit in the harvest through through the lay people. Um, and at the same time, though, you've got to make sure that you're tracking with the gatekeepers, uh, helping them to, to, to walk with the change and wrestle with the implications. That's right. That's right. So things like, uh, you know, uh, like we've said so often, redefining who can and who can't with Scripture Mm -hmm. redefining and challenging success away from bigger is better to uh, to influence as success in the sense that Paul could influence Timothy to uh, to find reliable men who would also teach others. You know, that that uh, influence as success means that even if those disciples or disciples, disciples don't think of you as their spiritual father, that's OK. 
because it actually you can grand you can you can multiply take a grandfather or great grandfather type of spiritual role and and influence can multiply. Uh, sometimes the uh, one of the best things we could do for a, for a, a gatekeeper a leader is to get him out of his context, to go look at another movement, to go look at another ministry maybe that's that's stuck at the same place. There's times in training, if we're campaigning or redefining success for that leader, pastor or ministry leader, uh, sometimes they can see in other people's ministry what they're blind to see in their own ministry. Mm. And so, and for that matter, it makes a... It sounds a little manipulative, maybe, but it makes an easier target for criticism than some of the things that they hold of of their own ministry, usually very close to their heart. And so if it's a baptism issue, who can baptize or uh, where can uh, new groups meet or who can perform ordinance or who can lead church, all those points are potentially places to get stuck in vision. Uh, so if they're stu- indeed stuck there, take them and show them another ministry. Mm. And whether that ministry has moved beyond that place with uh, with a biblical answer to release authority and they can see the success of that paradigm or it, take them to see a ministry that is facing the same challenge and perhaps their eyes will be open to the to the limit that that puts on the potential of the ministry. Mm. And uh, either way, uh, you're, they will see in others' ministry the places that they may be stuck themselves. I'm sort of thinking of some times where I've trained, and and the let's say the pastor here op- operates as the key gatekeeper, and he's he said, "Come in and train my people." And and on a couple of occasions, um, he then disappears. Uh, in other words, you know. Uh, you train my people. I'm I'm off doing 101 other things. Mm. You you need to train both audiences together: the gatekeeper mm. and the lay people, the leader, the shepherd, and the sheep. Whatever that looks like, they need to be trained together. Mm. And I and part of it is to honor that ministry because, like you said earlier, uh, there the potential for splitting a church or a ministry is also a reality. Mm. If the lay people move forward, start to bear fruit. Uh, and this has happened to us many times as well, brother. We've learned this lesson the hard way. Um, a lot of times we see lay people start to do, start to obey. Uh, in some cases, begin to grow in the confidence of, of their identity in Christ and as his disciples, what it means to follow him, sometimes for the first time. And we've seen uh, leadership, that gatekeeper, come back and, and squash that momentum. Uh, by saying, no, no, you cannot do this, or no, no, this is uh, somehow, in in most cases, they perceive it as a threat. So uh, the gatekeeper needs to, and for that matter, as a movement trainer, if you're going to continue to be on the move and actually start multiple fires or multiple streams of of church planning or movement, uh, you cannot be the owner of the vision. Mm Mm-hmm. And yet every every place where there is movement, someone is there keeping the vision hot, you know, putting wood on that fire, proverbial fire of vision. And ultimately, as a movement catalyst or a movement trainer, that person 
Uh, you're looking for the local who will catch that vision. And of course, of course, the best case scenario is for the leader of the – if you're approaching a pre uh, – a pre-existing ministry, the leader of that ministry, be it a church and that be the pastor or uh, the ministry coordinator, the gatekeeper, uh, is the one who catches that vision and can keep it hot even in your absence. So even as you move on, they're there to continue to stoke that fire. Then what what happens when you've got ministry leaders, gatekeepers who really are resistant and you, you can't control their response. Uh, you could waste a lot of time trying to change their mind. So for the movement catalyst, you have to ask yourself the question, am I honoring uh, this ministry and the leadership God has put in charge? And now for the, the lay person who's caught a vision, they have to do business with God. Is it is it possible for them to retain remain in the ministry mm. if, in fact, God is calling them to something more? That's their business with God. Yeah. But for the movement catalyst, the trainer, there's also a certain responsibility that uh, we need to move with the movers. And those who are not willing to move, we still are obligated to honor some of that vision by moving on without them and, and not – at times, not disrupting their ministry. Now, in every training setting, uh, there are early adopters and there are people who are resistant. And so moving on from a training set or from a, a, a leader who's not willing to move doesn't mean you can't revisit it that later. Mm. It might be that you move down the street or you move across the town and you find a, a ministry leadership and lay people ready to move forward. They're the early adopters. They start to take on the principles and begin to multiply. You might find two, three, five years down the road that that ministry leader that you left behind previously is now also been convinced or also willing to change. Some kind of crisis has come in his heart. That wasn't there initially. Mm. So leaving them behind is not, you know, uh, swearing them off. Rather, revisit that relationship later. Give them mm. some time. Let some things, you know, maturate in their heart and see if uh, see if you don't you can't revisit. Just because they're not an early adopter doesn't mean they that God doesn't have a plan. I'm I'm just thinking of an example. You know, I've heard you mention in the past of. Um, our brother Leapock, where initially his denomination was not really an early adopter. Um, you know, they actually directed you to Leapock. We've got this guy. See if you can do something with him. Um, and from memory, you know, as, as God blessed Leapock as an early adopter, eventually now the denomination is saying, you know, we want his input back into our denomination because we can see what God has done. But it didn't start with them embracing the paradigm. You know, Leapock was sort of on the fringe from, from memory. Is that, is that right? That's right, correct. And the long story short, that ultimately the fruit that was born in Leapock's ministry came full circle and the entire organization uh, leadership flipped over and the Lord put Leapock into that, gave him influence among that leadership. And ultimately his disciples became lead, the leadership. When the gatekeeper, when the, the, the head of a ministry is not convinced or not willing to move forward, I think there's times when you absolutely move on. 
And again, people are convinced by the fruit. You move down the street, you move across town, you train whoever's willing, and the early adopter, the one who breaks camp and moves forward, will start bearing fruit. That previous minister or uh, gatekeeper is watching. Mm. And they may actually come back to you or you may actually need to revisit that relationship perhaps two or three years later. And it might be that God's done the work in their heart to soften some things, to, again, use others and uh, circumstances, even that new fruit to redefine success for them. And they might come along for the journey later on. Mm. So leaving a ministry behind is not uh, swearing them off, as I said earlier. Revisit those old relationships. Uh, take them to see that other ministry that is bearing fruit. Uh, uh, figure out ways to, to reconnect even years later, and you might find a more receptive audience. It's a dynamic process. It's an ongoing discernment. And uh, there'll be many bumps along the way. 